Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafua Shalema for Ariella Botnelia. I am so happy to have on today's show, Rebbitzin Ayala Shoshan. Rebbitzin Ayala serves her community as a Rebbitzin of Ahavas Torah with Scottsdale Torah Center in Scottsdale, Arizona. Rebbitzin Ayala is a native of Atlanta, Georgia, and is a certified life coach. She has an audio blog called Living Life Empowered, where she shares words of strength and inspiration to help others live a life of meaning and deeper understanding. That sounds very inspirational. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Well, hi, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It seems really exciting, um, and I'm very honored to be a part of it, so thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> thank you. Um, so mostly, uh, you know, what I'm doing right now is my family. Um, thank God, you know, I have a lot of different ages and stages, um, so I'm very busy with that. Um, but in terms of the life coaching thing that you mentioned, I, I really love helping women find their true power, um, whether it's what they're uniquely meant to do in life or how they, can, they have the power to profoundly change their relationships. And usually this is through changing themselves. Right. And so that's, that's really what I enjoy. Amazing. And I bet you helped many, many women um, change themselves and transform their lives for the better. So that's amazing work that you do. Um, I, I also know that one of the things that you teach women about is that both a husband and a wife have a responsibility for how they show up in their marriage. I mean, we all definitely have a role in how our marriage plays out, both men and women. And what we say and what we do can make or break a relationship. And I want to see if you can please tell us more about specifically what a wife can do to make her marriage a loving and nurturing relationship for both herself and her husband. So I think there are many, many things that a woman can do. Um, and there, there are so many tools out there and so many concepts. Um, and, and I think the difference between the two is that concepts are like ideas that you keep in your mind that help you to implement the tools without having to force yourself. Meaning if you have an idea in your head, let's say that, um, you're, you're put in this relationship for a reason and that your goal is to be more like God, to be more godly and God loves us without condition, right? And he doesn't act loving to us only because we deserve it. He acts loving to us at all times and he gives us what we need. And so keeping something, so that would be a concept that you keep in mind. And then the tool, once you have that concept in mind would be, let's say, you know, to treat your husband like he's an, a new acquaintance. So, you know, when you meet someone new, you're very cordial, you're very respectful, you're friendly. So try that for a day and see like what a difference that makes in, in your relationship just for that day. So there's so many, so many different tools and concepts that you can learn. That's just an example of, of two of them. That's amazing. That in, and I really like that you make a distinction between the tool and the concept. I think that's a really, really important distinction. And I like that. I, I really like that example that you gave. Is there, can you give us one more example? Um, I'll try to think of another, another concept. Just the fact that, like it even says in Aisha Kyle, it says, that her husband entrusts his heart to her. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I hear this, this Pasuk, I think to myself that actually he gives you his heart. Your husband is giving you his heart. You are holding it in your hands. Why do I say that? Because that's really the power of a woman. Truly, like we hear this all the time. Oh, women are so powerful. It's true. He hands you his heart and you can do what you want with it. 
that's how powerful you are. You can decide you're going to build him up. You can decide you're going to see the beauty in who he is, even if he's not the person you had pictured you would be married to, even if he, you thought he was the person and then he became not the person. But the fact is you hold his heart in your hand and it's your choice what you do with it. So that's, that's a concept, right? So keeping that in mind. And then a tool would be, you know, let's say once you know that, um, looking for the good and, and, and shining a light on it and saying to him like little things, like noticing little details of what he did and talking about them and recognizing them. Those are the tools. Wow. Well, you're right. I mean, women really are so powerful. You're right. We do hold our husband's heart in our hands and we can either squash it. I mean, quite literally, we could squash it or we can nurture it. We could really build it up and nurture it. I think it's, I think it's amazing um, that we have this power. And because we have this power, we have the ability to nurture our marriages and uplift them and make, honestly, make a bad marriage good and even make a good marriage great. I think that's, I think, um, I, I mean, it comes with a lot of hard work and effort, but I think it's definitely possible for women to, to do that. So, um, Right. And it's important for women to realize that it isn't easy that, you know, standing here and telling you this, does that mean that I don't ever struggle with it? Absolutely not. And, you know, sometimes people go to classes and they hear things and it's, and they walk away feeling worse. Like, oh gosh, like I do anything like that. And oh gosh, I hold his heart in my hands. Like why, why did I say that? And maybe I'm the one who messed this up. No, this is a, sometimes this is a lifelong struggle and women need to understand that they're not the only ones struggling with it, that even the people who teach it are struggling with it, and that it's, it's the struggle's there for your growth. It's there for a reason. You're going to get a lot from it. You're going to get a lot out of it. Right. I like that. I like what you said. I like it. The struggle is there for your growth. I think that's so important. I actually think that's key. I think that's so, you know, it's key. I mean, it's key to everything. We, I mean, we struggle. Definitely we struggle in our marriages. I mean, we struggle in raising children. We struggle with, you know, relationships with their parents, with their friends at work, we struggle in various aspects of our lives. And I think that the struggle actually is what makes us grow and makes us become better people, the people that we really meant to be, the more refined individuals that we're meant to be. So I think it's very interesting. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I mean, going back to marriages, I mean, men make mistakes, women make mistakes, and everyone makes mistakes because we're all human. You know, and when we focus on a person's mistakes, we tend to magnify them and blow them completely out of proportion. I mean, a situation can go from a husband forgetting to buy peanut butter in the supermarket to a full blown out fight because he never does anything right. I mean, it's hard to be grateful uh-huh. for your husband. Yeah, it's very, very hard to be grateful for your husband and appreciate him if you're always focusing on his fault and magnifying his faults. And so I was wondering, what advice can you give to women who feel like their husband is always doing something or everything wrong? Well, first of all, I would say that a woman who's feeling this way is not in a good state of mind. She's not happy. Mm-hmm. Something's, something's not going right for her if everything he does is wrong. Now, it could be that a lot of things he does are wrong. That is possible. But if that's all she's feeling, then there's something, you know, something's not happy for her. Something's not right in her state of mind. And sometimes that can just be a temporary. And sometimes she has to look at that and say, okay, what's going on with me? Am I not happy in life? Like, am I not doing something that I love? Am I feeling overstressed and not getting the care that I need for myself? Am I feeling misunderstood by him? Like what, something's triggering this and making her feel this way. Um, And it's, she should keep in mind also, like when you're upset about something, 
like really hurt or really upset, mm-hmm. you kind of, your consciousness, your awareness of reality becomes very narrow. So it's almost as if you're looking through a tunnel mm-hmm. and you're looking through that tunnel at the world, right? But that tunnel is only your, made out of your bad feelings. And you can't see past the outside of the tunnel. You only see what you're looking at through the tunnel. And so if your husband is irresponsible, you're looking at things through that tunnel and it's hard to see a greater picture. So what could a greater picture be? Maybe he's overwhelmed with work and it's just too much. Maybe he feels he can't satisfy you enough. Um, No matter what he does, you're not happy. So why should he even try? Right? Yes. Um, you know, maybe you have to just keep in the perspective of what this relationship is all about. And maybe you have to look at yourself a little bit and say, how am I contributing to his behavior? Right. So all of those things, when you're not in a state of mind of, of pain and difficulty, those things can be very helpful to look at. And those things can expand your consciousness. And all of a sudden you see things, you see greater truths. You see, a, a you know, happiness. You see that everything is for a purpose in the world. You see the potential in your relationship together. Things just become less about you and more about, you know, the world outside and and about the potential in your relationship. Right. No, I uh, totally understand and I agree. And, you know, I, I want to bring up a point that we're so, women are so overwhelmed these days. I mean, we're bombarded with everything. We have you know, technology, the phone is going off, the, you know, the white, the WhatsApp is going off. We have kids screaming in the background. We have dinner that has to be made. I mean, there's just so much going on. And then like, sometimes your husband walks in just as like, it's the last straw that breaks the camel's back and you just want to explode at him. And sometimes you do, sometimes you do explode at him and he did nothing except for walk in the door. That's all he did. And all of a sudden you're screaming at him. I, you know, it has a lot to do. Yeah. It has a lot to do with with our frame of mind and with our perspective. And I mean, women shape a relationship. I mean, if we have a positive attitude and are willing to put in the effort, we can make almost any marriage work. But the challenge is having this proper perspective, this proper frame of mind. Um, I mean, I find that most of life is having the right perspective on a certain person or a certain situation. And I just Mm -hmm. want to see if maybe you can talk a little bit about helping how we can help women um, put themselves into the right frame of mind and to have the proper perspective to make a good marriage great? Well, I, I like the question. I feel like the question itself has half the answer in it. Um, and it's a very wise question because you're right. That is what makes a marriage or, ha- you know, helps make a marriage great is perspective. And what does perspective mean? It means your thoughts and how you're seeing things and how you're thinking about things. You know, like they always say, two people can go to a speech, right? And one person comes down and says, oh, that was incredible. That was so inspiring. I can't get over it. And the other person walks out furious and offended. And how could, how could the speaker have said such a thing? Did you hear what they said about this? And it was the same event, right? So it's, there are so many different ways to see everything. And, you know, we're told in the Torah even, Ubacharta Bahayan right? You should choose life. So what does that mean? It means that there's this element of choice. Life is seeing things from a wide perspective outside that tunnel, choose the happiness of of seeing the whole picture as much as we can as humans, you know, choose that, that open-mindedness, choose that happiness 
and the looking at the good. That's what choosing life means. So it's clearly a choice for us, right? At all times, like to choose life or to choose the opposite, which is, which is just, you know, sadness and, 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 and negativity. Um, and so everything, everything has choice and has this opportunity within it. And especially basically when you're living your life with another person, you have countless, countless opportunities to change perspective. And um, so, so you're asking what's the proper perspective in a marriage. There are so many good perspectives. Yes. And I would say that very, very helpful is to ask yourself, you know, what's like, why, why are why in this? And, and the answer would be that it's, it's, this, it's a rich soil of opportunity for for growth, self improvement, change. You learn to look at yourself instead of another person, even when the other person really doesn't deserve it. Um, your nature. Um, you learn to see things from someone else's way of seeing things, and and you can remind yourself that Hashem chose this exact marriage for me. Like, I think we all have this Mr. Fantasy. That's what I call him, Mr. Fantasy. He's always kind of there and he's perfect. He always listens to everything we say. He's an amazing listener. He knows what we need. He jumps to help out whenever there's something that needs to be done. Like it's, we don't have to tell him what it is. It's so obvious. So like a a great guy, (laughs) he's a great guy, Mr. Fantasy. And we all have him in different ways. Like you know, and, and maybe we thought that the person we married was him. And then we realized, oh, this isn't him. So, so the first thing you need to do is just like, kill him, like get rid of him. He's not, you can't, he can't live in your house with you anymore because your husband's never, ever going to match up to him. So goodbye, Mr. Fantasy and hello, reality. And thank you, Hashem, for putting me in this situation where I am supposed to be with this person. Yes, I chose him, but you led me to choose him. I'm supposed to be with him, no matter how annoying he is, no matter how narrow-minded he is. Obviously, I'm not talking about, you know, extreme mental health situations. I'm not, I'm not, that's like a different, you know, discussion. This is for a, a normal, healthy person, two normal, healthy people together. They're together because that's what their destiny is, and that's where they're meant to be, and it gets difficult. So that perspective of not, you know, wishing and allowing Mr. Fantasy into the house, I think can be very, very helpful. That's actually, that's, that's a really, really good tip because yes, I mean, we do tend to compare our husband to, you know, the, the movie star or the TV actor, or even, you know, even other people that we know, our friend's husband, our, you know, our um, sister's husband, we, we tend to compare our husbands right. to other people and, you know, who seem, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side who seem better and this and that, but you never know the reality on the other side. So, you know, our husband right. may even may even be better than, than the others. It's just a matter of our perspective. Right. Right. And you only, you see such a tiny picture when you compare anything, not just husbands, but when you're comparing yourself to someone else's situation, all you see is them, you know, dressed and outside the house or sitting in their living room or on uh, social media or whatever it is. And they're, presenting their best self because you're there and you're not, you know, in their inner world. So, right. Like, as you're, as you said, like you, we only see a tiny, tiny piece of picture. So out and you see your friend's husband is running after the kid in the park and she's just sitting there and you're like, my husband would never, you know, 
you don't know the full picture when you get home, what's happening or, you know, yeah, sure. Maybe he's more in tune to what the kids need, but maybe he's not in tune to what she needs and her emotional needs. There's just no way to compare properly because you can't see everything. Right. So it's not possible. Right. And it's a hundred percent true. And I also want to bring, bring out um, uh, an important point that goes along with this way, you know, you know, with the way that you conduct yourself in your marriage, that your kids are watching you. You know, your kids are watching the way Absolutely. that you and your husband solve arguments, the way, or just interact with each other on a day-to-day basis. They're watching because you and your husband are the role models for your children for what they're going to experience when, when, they're, when they're older. So maybe I want to see, maybe you have something to say about that. Well, absolutely. Your kids are watching everything and even the things you think they're not hearing. And and I'm not saying this to scare anyone, just just so you know the importance, you know, of of that aspect of it. But um, they pick up on such nuances. It's unbelievable. These they're so smart, even the, the youngest kids. And, you know, they'll hear and they'll know that you had an argument and you think you did it quietly or whatever. They'll say and and they have such a knack for knowing the differences in parenting already when they're so young, like yes. a little four-year-old will know which parent to go to to ask for junk food, you know? Um, they're so smart. They know daddy's going to give yeah. it to me or mom is going to give it to me. They're so smart. Right. And so they're also smart in knowing how much you love each other. And you'd be surprised if they were given a questionnaire, like they could probably grade it pretty accurately on your relationship. So it's definitely, that's definitely an important thing. And I think for parenting, it may even be the number one um, tool for for having good children is working on having a loving, trusting, beautiful marriage, because that really is what they, that's on a core level, what the kids need is that they know that their parents are together. And, you know, we all invest so much time these days in parenting and classes and all that, but Honestly, I really believe that this relationship, the husband-wife relationship, is even more important because it will benefit your children in a huge, huge way. Um, the better it is, the better it is for them. Wow. That, that's motivation right there to work on your relationship. That's motivation right there, you know, because you're, right. you're watching. That's um, right. Do it for them. If you don't want to do it for your husband or yourself, do it for your kids. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so one of the things that I really love to talk to my guests about is anecdotes. I happen to love anecdotes and stories, and I just feel like I learn from them. And I feel like, um, the listeners learn from them and I know that you're a life coach and I want to see if maybe you have any interesting anecdotes or stories about marriage, either your own personal marriage or the marriages of your friends or the people that you work with. I mean, it could be a situation where a couple overcame a difficulty or a scenario where a wife really put in a lot of hard work and effort and turned around her marriage, just something inspirational to give us some hizzik, some strength so that we can continue to work on our marriage to make it great. So definitely something comes to mind, which I've shared before, um, actually with the woman's permission. Um, It wasn't in a life coaching um, context, but she called me for some advice. And she said to me, you know, uh, Ayala, my husband hates me. And I said, what are you talking about? Why why do you think he hates you? She said, I can just tell. Um, When my son gets hurt, he's all concerned and he says, like maybe we should take him to the hospital. It could be a broken leg. She said, but when I hurt my toe and I was concerned about it, he was like, no, I'm sure it's just, it's fine. It's nothing. 
Now it happens to be that he had been, this was right after COVID and he anyway worked from home, but now he had been working from home. They had been together and they were both completely on each other's nerves, like in every possible way. And so like a lot of things were lending to this dynamic, but this was just one example that she gave me. Um, and I said to her, I guarantee you that he doesn't hate you. In fact, I will go so far as to say that you're everything to him. She's like, that's not true. I'm telling you, you're wrong. So we talked about it for a while. And then I said to her, you know what? At that time, I had a child who was um, diff- like just difficult to deal with. And I said, I'm, how about this? I said, tonight, I'm going to say three things to my child that are correct, three compliments that are correct but they have to be true, you know, and I'm going to find three things to say to her that are nice. And I said, so I challenge you to do the same thing with your husband. So her initial reaction was, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm telling you it's impossible. It's so bad. Now I'm like, you don't have to do it nicely. You don't have to smile. You just have to find three things and say them. She's like, fine, I'll try. The next day she calls me up and she goes, Ayala, did you speak to my husband? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? She's like, you told him what to say, right? I'm like, no, I did not speak to your husband. She said, well, let me tell you what happened. I was standing in the kitchen and he was like standing by the doorway and I was like on the other side of the room. And he came in and he told me that he had gotten this promotion that he had been hoping for at work. And I thought to myself, okay, here's my opportunity. I'm going to say something now. And she said, I I barely looked at him. I didn't even smile. I simply said, you've worked very hard this year. She said, he walked over to me from across the room. And he said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but you mean the world to me. Wow. She said, I couldn't believe it. Like, it's not even like, I, I didn't even say anything so nice. And, and I had said to her the other day, I promise you, you mean everything to him. So when he said that it was like, just cementing it for her that, oh, wow, he really does care what I think. And he really does. He is interested in me and he does like me. And in this case, all she said was one little compliment. Imagine if she had been a little warmer or, you know, said a few more compliments or a few more things that were all true. Like what a difference this would make in how he treats her. Right. Right. I thought that was, that was very telling and, you know, the difference it can make. That's right. One what, powerful word, one nice gesture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that, and that made all the difference for them. It really did. And it wasn't smooth sailing from there, but she at least was able to have to see that it wasn't true that he hated her. You know, that's actually a really good I, strategy. The compliment, like give somebody like a, a sincere compliment. It's a really good strategy, both for kids and for adults. Yes, because it, it, it says to the person I've been watching and I've been noticing and, and the things that you do are not for nothing, you know, right. A lot of times husbands, like I mentioned before, like they feel like what's the point even in trying because she doesn't notice anything and she's always dissatisfied. So like, why should I help her more? Right. And the truth is sometimes they do do things and we're not satisfied. So I guess the, the job would be to, you know, point out the things that they did right and how much we appreciate it and what a difference it makes for us. And that's more likely that they're going to do the next thing to help out. You know, if they, if they help out and we don't like how they do it, they probably won't do it again. 
Right, exactly. Positivity begets positivity. One good compliment leads to a good action, which leads to another compliment, which leads to another good action. It's almost like a like a chain reaction, like a cycle, like dominoes. Exactly. And the opposite, you know, they're not getting the compliments, they're not getting the love, they're not getting the recognition. So it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then they behave worse. And then you do it even you don't recognize them even more. So it goes both ways. For sure. That's a very, very important point. Yes, this is very, very true. Um, and you know, it's funny as you're talking, I see both for husbands and for children. I think it works really well for children too. It's a great strategy. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wanted to ask also, you know, like what we're, you know, we're talking about, you, you were t- saying about how the woman was, you know, giving the compliments. I'm just wondering, like, if there's a situation where let's say, you know, she, you were saying that the woman really felt like her husband hated her. I'm sure that there's so many women stuck in marriages where they can't properly communicate with their husbands or they don't feel loved by their husbands, or it's just, I want to say in a, in a yucky or in a sticky place in, in, in their marriages and just, they really, really feel, really feel stuck. And, yeah, you know, they, they can't move, they can't move forward. Is it possible for a relationship to be healed if just the wife works on it? You know, let's say the husband is just like, forget it, like checked out for, for lack of a better term. Can the wife working, working on the marriage, can that actually help to save it? I really do believe that that's very, very possible that if she is determined and she has real good support, like it can't just be, oh yeah, I can do this. She's got to have a support system or at least a person who's behind it with her. And she has to have a tremendous amount of self-care. She needs to do what she loves doing at least once a day. She has to have time for herself. She has to have, you know, space and time and things that she enjoys being with other people, then she has to have that, whatever it is, she must prioritize taking care of herself if she's going to try to do that. But yes, I believe 100% that it's possible for her to turn things around and quickly. Wow. That's amazing. That gives, you know, that gives women so much hope. I think that's, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for hope that, you know, Everyone right. wants to have a great marriage. You know, who, who wants to be stuck in, in a dead end marriage? Everybody wants to make their marriage great. But, you know, some women feel, oh, he doesn't want to work on it. It's just me. What's the point? What's the point of just me working on it if he doesn't want to try? But, you know, what you're saying is that there is hope. Yes, if you just try, if the woman just tries, she can, like you said, save the relationship, you know, with the proper support and the proper tools and the proper help, even if it's, you know, she has to find a Robinson or a therapist or just somebody to help her give her the right tools, right? Right. And she has to be willing to take the risk of, of being hurt, which is scary. Yes, that is scary because when you're trying so hard and you don't feel the other person reciprocating, yes. it's painful. Yes. It's painful, but she has to weigh, is it worth the possible hurt that I'm going to go through um, mm-hmm. to try to create the, the relationship, not necessarily of my dreams, but a beautiful, happy relationship. And she can do that. She can do that. Assuming mental health on both ends, right. she's able, she can do that. Definitely. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. This has been, this has been a really great conversation. I, and I really think that's going to be helping a lot, a lot of women. I really, really believe that. Um, and thank you so much, Rebbits and Ayala, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Rebbitsons. We really, really appreciate you being here. And we hope that the learning we did today will be for Fruwa Shalema, for Ariella Botnelia. If anyone in the audience has any questions or comments about the podcast, or if anyone would like to sponsor future podcasts, please email us at atrebbitsons.com. That's A-T-R-E-B-B-E-T-Z-I-N-S at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.